0: Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, what's good, what's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 9, 20 a.m. on a beautiful Monday here in Las Vegas. We're in the 80s. It feels like summer. Uh, well, not Las Vegas summer. But uh, but summer-type weather, and uh, it is beautiful. I was down at the Strip yesterday watching some uh, Sweet 16 games. Uh, Quite the scene. Uh, Shout-out to the beer park uh, at the Paris Hotel. Um, Really good joint. Uh, If you're in town uh, at any point, just go on over there uh, and thank me later. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It's a Monday, and news breaking all over the place uh, as usual uh, not so much player news right now obviously we had the big trade on Friday the Ra- uh, Raiders signed uh, another wide receiver uh, on on Friday bringing in Willie Sneed. Uh, I know that they're in on some 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 players don't expect anything today necessarily but uh, they're they're still monitoring situations and are in on some players uh, at some key positions uh, but they are uh steadily you know continuing to monitor the free agent market uh in this part of uh free agency this this phase of free agency uh, but they're also ab- absolutely turning their attention more and more uh, toward the draft and i think that um, you know it doesn't take uh vince lombardi to figure out where they may be looking at <laughs> what direction they're looking at uh, in terms of the draft uh, they need a right tackle uh they need safety help uh I was just talking to, uh, to to a reader on on Twitter and uh, talking about that safety position, um, and you know obviously they didn't. There's they need a free safety. They need somebody to start uh, opposite Jonathan Abram. Uh, it's looking more and more like that might come from the draft. Anything can happen uh, between now and then. Obviously, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But one of the things that you know I was thinking about was if you look at the Rams drafts the last two years, they went heavy on safety they drafted two safeties in 2020 or 2020 yes and and also two safeties in 2019 uh, and they came up with some pretty darn good players And they weren't first or second round picks it was it was uh one i think taylor Rapp was in the second round uh the safety from washington a couple of years ago but they added a few more uh last year uh through free agency undrafted free agency and the draft um so they I think they ended up with five new safeties between 2019 and 2020 whether you're talking about the draft or undrafted free agency and it's served them well and if you're the Raiders uh and I was just looking at Pro Football Focus they put out a new uh two round mock by the way if you want to give us a call uh, and chime in uh call us at 702 uh 365 and I know Neil is online uh, hang on one second just let me get this thought out and then we'll talk about it Neil uh, but if you're the Raiders with such a need at safety, why not draft two safeties? Uh, you know, in, and in uh, Pro Football Focus's latest two-round mock draft, they had Christian Darrisaw, the, the uh, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, going to the Raiders in uh, with pick number 17, solid pick. I think he's a guy that you plug in day one and just forget about that spot <laughs> uh, for the next few years and offers a nice, young uh, piece and under control, affordable piece uh, at right tackle. Opposite Colton Miller, and and you have your two tackles now for a good long time, and uh, you know one is about ready to get paid, in Colton Miller, the other is going to be four five years under control before you start to having to think about whether to pay him a lot of money. So that gives you a nice balance uh, on the on the offensive line right there with your two bookend tackles. And in the second round, Pro Football Focus, uh, which always does a good job, uh, had the Raiders uh, drafting Richie Grant, the the safety from uh, University of Central Florida. And uh, I was a big, I'm a big proponent of Richie Grant. Got a chance to see him up close and personal at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Did it all, covered everybody, zone uh, coverage, man-to-man coverage, played in the slot, played on the outside as a, as a uh, you know, on the line of scrimmage, uh, played uh, the deep safety position. So he was all over the place and, and really made an impact uh, in that Senior Bowl, that, that week of practice. So good, solid picks right there. But, um, you know, I don't think the Raiders should necessarily be done At 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 safety uh, after those, if they get a Richie Grant in the second round, if I'm the Raiders, you know, in the third round, especially with two third round picks, uh, um, or maybe even later in the draft, but but say uh, you know uh, uh, Cisco from Syracuse uh, is is there. Maybe in the third round, um, do you go ahead and 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 pick him? And he's he's projected to go in the second round. There are some, and I'm talking about Andre Cisco from Syracuse. There are some issues, uh, whether it was how he was used schematically at Syracuse, um, you know, taking some poor tackling um, uh, angles. Uh, he got a little too uh, he he bit on some on some fakes and some some things that the offense was doing. So there's some things that need to get coached up. But when I look at this Raider coaching staff now, um, I, obviously they brought in Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator. But there's a key name <laughs> that he brought along with him, uh, and his name is Ron Miles, and he's one of the best secondary coaches in the NFL. Go look the, up uh, the track record, how many Pro Bowl players uh, he's been uh, he's worked with. You know, I'm not going to say he's the reason why some of those guys became Pro Bowlers, but he was a, a major helping hand along. Way this guy is one of the best at what he does, Ron Milas. Uh, and if you could get somebody with the skill set of an Andre Cisco in the third round, let's say, uh, you know, and, and knowing full well there are some issues that need to be coached up, but you're confident that your coach can coach him up. All of a sudden, a guy like Andre Cisco, there's things that he does that you just can't teach. His uh play ability uh he's a interception machine he's got elite speed he has a lot of um uh factors to him that you just can't coach that not everybody has and if you can unlock uh or or, or put a lid on some of the some of the issues and coach him up and coach him out of them you're talking about a guy that's got pro bowl caliber talents uh, so why not, if you're the Raiders, take a chance on two safeties uh, in this draft? Um, and then, you know, a guy like Richie Grant, let's say Andre Cisco. let's say in that scenario you draft both of those players. Uh, now Richie Grant, if he gets beat out or, or if you feel comfortable that Andre Sisco can start day one, Richie Grant has played all over the backfield uh, in, in the secondary, and in a second I'll get his snap counts from all the different positions, but he's a guy that can be a cornerback. He's a guy that could go play in the slot. Um, he helps you, so uh, there, it wouldn't be that one guy wouldn't be playing. I think you could you can you can get both of those players on the field if they prove worthy. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, that's just kind of my two thoughts on if you're thinking about where the Raiders should go in the draft and understanding that they haven't made any move yet on free safety uh, in free agency makes you believe that there's some player a player or players uh, that they have their eye on. Uh, in the draft uh don't be surprised if they double down at a couple positions um defensively and and try to attack some of these issues with multiple bodies uh and put it up to competition so uh interesting to to keep an eye on all that but there's a lot to like about Andre Cisco there's some things you'll see it if you watch the tape uh there are some issues if you watch the tape and 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 understand you know football but so many of those things are elements that, with good coaching, uh, you might be able to, uh, to 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 get him to settle down and get him uh, to be, uh, you know, the a, a, a capable player that he obviously is. Because again, there's some skills there that are just uh, out of this world. So uh, let's see what the Raiders end up doing. There's a lot of time left in free agency. There's a lot of time till the draft. But uh, more and more, you're getting the sense that the focus is starting to turn. Uh, to the NFL draft, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Neil wants to talk about uh, Raiders and free agency. How you doing, Neil? Hey, Vinny, doing well. How are
1: you doing on a Monday?
0: Really good, thank you, man.
1: Awesome, man. So, yeah, quick question. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, you already addressed my first question. You're ahead of the game with you know what we were going to do in the draft. So, I mean, Andre Cisco, I think, would be a great safety addition. I think you know adding a right tackle is a huge need at this point. So, I definitely agree there. I think the biggest question for me, then, is what are we going to do in terms of adding just experience in the secondary? Because, you know, I feel like the slot receiver position is just growing to become more and more important. I mean, you look at guys like Tyreek Hill, Jerry Judy loves playing in the slot too. You know, the Chargers sometimes line up Keenan Allen in the slot as well. What are we going to do to basically provide, or at least what do you suggest we do to provide that veteran presence in the secondary, because, you know, Gus Bradley's offense, is, our defense is so vital in terms of the secondary play, right? He, I mean, he usually rushes four. He doesn't often blitz. We're going to have you know, Ngakwe playing the real position. I think the pass rush is underrated for the Raiders after this free agency period. But I feel like we're missing that key piece in the secondary that has that veteran presence that can not only be a good player, but also coach up the guys with Rod Miles. So, you know, what would you suggest there?
0: Yeah, and you know, when you're looking at uh when you're looking at what's left in free agency uh and if you're talking specifically about, you know, some veteran type players that could help you at safety or even cornerback, obviously the big name Richard Sherman is still out there. I'm not quite sure, you know, where um where his head is at in terms of what he's looking for, <clears throat> in terms of the money that he's looking for, the opportunity that he's looking for, but certainly he would be somebody that um, you know, could could be that veteran uh, type of a presence. Uh, Casey Hayward, who has uh, experience, you know, playing with Gus Bradley, uh, is, is still out there. Uh, AJ uh, Boye, who uh, the Raiders brought in for a visit uh, three weeks ago or so, uh, is, is is still out there. So there's there's definitely um, you know some some possibilities. But do they move the needle? Um, You know, do they still have anything left in the tank? Uh, How much money are they asking for? All of those are are considerations um, that you have to that you have to account for. Uh, You go over to safety. uh, Daron Harmon from Detroit still out there. Uh, Trey Boston, uh, unless let me double check to make sure Trey Boston hasn't signed. but uh, last I checked he was he was still out there um, so these are guys that you know some vet, again but do they move the needle are they um, are, are, are they guys that you want to uh, you know uh, invest some money in even as that veteran presence um, or do you look at the film and, and trust me you know uh, <laughs> having done this for a while for, for a while um, you know when you when you check in on on certain players and i'm not saying this is exclusive to the raiders or something like that but somebody that maybe me or you would say hey that's a, that that might be a pretty good player and so i check with my sources and and you know sometimes the report that i get back or just the 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 text back that i'll get back is you know go put the tape on you know he stinks or he had a terrible year. you know so like things that you don't necessarily recognize uh and and myself as well uh, the, the people that are in charge that are, that, are, that are watching the tape and evaluating these guys, um, and they do that, there's a whole arm of your of your front office and scouting department that are literally in charge of being on top of every single player in the NFL that isn't a Raider, just in case they become free agents or just in case they become, um, you know, uh, hit, the, hit the waiver wire or are up for, you know, a trade or whatever the case might be. You know, your pro personnel department Uh, has a grade on every one of those players or has, uh, you know, intel information on every one of those players. So something about uh, this free agency regarding the, you know, especially that free safety and cornerback position. And obviously a guy like John Johnson, uh, you know, went off the board pretty early and got paid by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Raiders, you know, put their bigger money in in another position in the the defensive line with uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, so you have to account for the money factor, but, and then Justin Simmons never hit the open market. Uh, the, the safety from the New Orleans Saints, uh, didn't hit the open market. So, uh, you know, right on day one of free agency, a number of options had already been taken off the table because they signed with their other teams or in John's case, you know, he got plucked off by the Cleveland Browns fairly early in the, uh, in the, in the process. And then that left the Trey Bostons and you know other names uh, of, of, of the world. And it just doesn't seem based on you know the Raiders, I don't want to call it lack of urgency, but you know they certainly haven't made a move at that position and it leads you to believe that either a, the player is asking for too much money um, or B, they don't have a very good grade on, on these guys and feel like there's better options in the draft. Now, uh, having said that, you know, keep an eye on post draft. You know, I think the Raiders. We'll see what happens between now and the draft. But let's just assume they don't sign anybody uh, in the secondary between now and the draft. I'd be surprised if that was the case, but I'm not ruling it out. Uh, if they don't, though, uh, you go to the draft uh, as the Raiders. You do what you know. You get your work in uh, during the during the draft. Uh, you come out of the draft, and then you reassess. And if you remember, like last year, they signed Prince of Mukamara. I had to look at the date, but I think it was in May. I think they signed Prince after the draft. And if you remember, um, first they signed Eli, or not they signed, they they agreed to terms with Eli Apple. Um, I think he, by all my reporting, he failed his physical, uh, didn't, didn't check out medically, I should say. Um, and so that deal fell apart. The Raiders waited until after the draft to address it. They drafted... Um, You know, two cornerbacks in uh, Damon uh, Arnett and Amik Robertson in the draft. They came out of the draft, and about two weeks later or so, they signed uh, the veteran Prince of Mukamara to compete with uh, Damon Arnett uh, for the starting cornerback job. I could see something like that happening, too. You go into the draft, you you do your business in the draft. Uh, I'd be shocked, obviously, if the Raiders don't address uh, free safety in the draft. It's almost um, – they have to. And then, and then they'll reassess after the draft, and maybe a guy like Trey Boston is still out there. Um, you know, uh, maybe a Kenny Vaccaro is 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 still out there uh, that you bring in as a uh, as as that veteran guy to kind of hold down the fort, um, in ca- or just be the insurance policy in case the two young guys, uh, whoever they draft, uh, don't don't pan out. But something tells me that um, the the Raiders feel pretty good. About what is available this year uh, in in the draft, and I've been you know uh, I've been keeping an eye on it myself. You know, uh, as far as those free safeties, I mentioned Andre Cisco. Um, you know, uh, he's he's somebody that uh, projects to go in the second round, maybe maybe uh, you know slip into that third round just based on some of the concerns uh, that he has. Richie Grant, uh, the kid from University of uh, Central Florida, who had uh, you know just a great career um uh at, at Florida and has you know is he the best athlete probably not uh, but he gets the job done he excels in all sorts of coverage zone coverage man-to-man coverage he's a good tackler uh by the way the other another player to keep an eye on is uh Javon Holland from um uh from Oregon he opted out remember in 2020 if you go back to 2019 Javon Holland and we'll, we'll get to hit some of his measurables here in a little bit uh Javon Holland was Rated as the best safety coming into 2020, we all know that you know COVID-19 and the effect that it had uh, on programs across the country. Holland opted uh, against playing in 2020, and I think because of that, uh, he only he almost gets kind of lost in the whole um, you know uh, scheme of things because out of sight, out of mind uh, to a lot of people. But the guy can play. I mean, he was literally going into this season ranked, uh, you know, uh, arguably was the best. Uh, safety um, uh, in college football uh, last year, so uh, don't sleep on him. Uh, and he would, I think, is definitely a, an option there at number forty-eight for uh, you know for for the Raiders. If you look at, I've got um, Richie Grant up here uh, in twenty. See uh, his snap counts, uh, twenty twenty. Let's just go on twenty twenty. Played two hundred twenty-five uh, snaps at free safety, uh, two hundred thirty-six snaps in twenty twenty as a box safety um played 145 snaps this is why this is this is what's so intriguing to me about richie grant Uh, as a slot corner uh, he played 145 uh, snaps as a slot corner did not play any snaps as a regular cornerback uh, outside cornerback but those 145 snaps in the slot are interesting to me because let's say you double down on safety let's just say for argument's sake uh, the Raiders draft um, Richie Grant in the second round, and um, you know they have two third-round picks. You know maybe an Andre Cisco is still there in the third round. Maybe you take you know you you, you draft Andre Andre Sisko double down on on safety. You know if Andre Cisco could get coached up, um, then all of a sudden a guy like uh, Richie Grant is now a possibility to move down to the slot, and we all know that the Raiders have a need at slot quarterback now. Amik Robertson uh, is, I'm not going to say he's the heir apparent, but he's definitely the next in line to take over the slot, uh, vacated by LaMarcus Joyner. LaMarcus Joyner uh, is no longer uh, with the team. But you would be strengthening, a guy like Richie Grant strengthens um, strength, strengthens you because even if you have another option to beat him out at safety, he's a guy that can handle uh, slot corner. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it would be a, a, a kind of an ideal situation um, you know if you're if you're uh, if you're the Raiders to be able to again take two safeties uh, let them uh, compete against each other uh, and and see who the best man is for each position but knowing that both of them are probably going to see the field and I, I go back to the Rams you know with with the drafts that they had and how many guys they got on the field and obviously injuries always play a factor so that helped some of guys get on the field and get early chances. But they played a slew of guys all over the field uh, at safety uh, with John Johnson and, and Taylor Rapp um, and Fuller, uh, the kid from Ohio State. And they had another kid from, <laughs> from um, Utah that got on the field. And, and they all played pretty well. So And these are young kids playing as rookies and, and second-year players um uh Nick Scott from uh, Penn state uh, w- also got on the field so it's not unusual these days uh for, for for young guys to get on the field at that position now you know the, the the question for the Raiders what becomes I wouldn't say problematic but you have to be aware of it is it is such a young secondary um you know when you pluck uh young safeties. In the Ram secondary, behind guys like Jalen Ramsey, you know, um, and uh, and Darius Williams, and and the, and the cornerbacks, the veteran cornerbacks that they had uh, over there, Troy Hill, um, uh, you know, all of a sudden life is a little bit easier for your for your young safeties because you've got quality in front of them. That's not the case, at least not in experience uh, with the Raiders. They've got two young cornerbacks, and it's probably going to get younger by the day. Um, so, do you chance? backing the young guys up with even younger players you know uh it's always a concern but i'll defer to gus bradley and ron Miles on there that's why you have coaches like that that are that have shown not only uh, a lack of hesitancy to start uh, youngsters uh, at safety but have been able to coach them up successfully so that they're successful when they're on the field so uh if if, if gus bradley can sign off and, uh, on it then i think greater nation would be able to sign off on it comfortably you're in the huddle with any bonson you're brought to you by tequila and butter. listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation Radio? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. You're in the huddle with mini Bonsier brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Nothing like a good JT the Brick rant. Uh, I'll say that. And I'm right there with him, um, you know, on Trent Brown. I know out the door, uh, Trent Brown um, had a few uh, choice uh, or interesting words, let's say, about his situation with the Raiders, not being happy, um, you know... Uh, uh that sort of thing and and you know the, in 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 poker there's tells you know um where, where people sometimes show their cards without showing their cards uh and and for trent brown uh, what was interesting i'm obviously a writer so i'm a words person and words have power and meaning even when you're trying to downplay things your choice of words uh is pretty interesting and he mentioned you know something like oh things didn't go right you know uh haven't gone right for me and he used, this is how he described the injuries. Small nagging injuries, I, I wanna say. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll confirm that. But the gist of it was small nagging uh, injuries uh, kept him off the field. Small nagging injuries. Um, <laughs> that just basically tells you that, you know, small nagging injuries to me, don't keep you out for uh, you know, uh, uh, or don't limit you to four games completed when you're making you know the kind of cash that he was making uh, last year. So uh, you know, I I understand that you know where where your uh, little small nagging injuries was his uh, was his actual quote little small nagging injury. You're telling me little small nagging injuries kept you out of the lineup as long as they did all through training camp. Uh, all through the first part of the season, little small nagging injuries is what it was. If you're going to miss that much time as a professional athlete, it's got to be more than little small nagging injuries. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. Especially when you're making uh, what twenty million dollars or so. Come on, man. Like like that just and then and then and then out the door you're complaining. Like I know that. Not everybody's happy uh, with their work environment. I get it, but we're all professionals. When we show up to work, it's our obligation if somebody's paying us, let alone paying us the kind of money the Raiders were paying Trent Brown uh, to put our best foot forward, to put, to set aside whatever our personal uh, issues might be with either our coworkers, our bosses, whatever the play, case might be. Um, I mean, if you don't like it so much, you have every right to quit. Move on, retire. Say I'm not gonna play this year and don't collect the money. Um, that's what that's what professionals do. Uh, so I kind of find it a little bit um uh, disappointing that a guy like Trent Brown would would uh, would come out and say some of the things that he said and pretty much openly admit that it was little small nagging injuries though that's his exact words on him describing what it was that he was dealing with little, small nagging injuries that kept you out of that many games. Okay, and then you come back, you know, in the next breath and saying, you know, uh, wasn't quite feeling, might not have been feeling the workplace. All right, so you let whatever personal feelings you might have had or issues you might have had with the workplace um, and then turn that into not playing due to little, small, nagging injuries. Trent Brown? That says more about you than it does about uh, the Raiders. And I, I'm not sitting here and saying that every place is a perfect place to work or that everything is going to be pristine or that you're going to be happy every day uh, you go to work. That's unrealistic. Nobody, uh, I, I, there aren't that many people that have uh, that live in a, in a world, in a great world, where every day they go to work, it's a great day at work. And you're getting along with all your uh, coworkers and your, all your bosses. And it's you know, hunky-dory. It's not, in fact, the, probably a majority of people, unfortunately, aren't in that situation. They, they go to work um, you know, in situations that maybe that they're not 100% entirely happy with yet. They show up to work, they do the job, um, and, they, and, they, and they professionally do their job because somebody's paying them to do their job. It's just mind-boggling uh, that, especially when you're talking about the millions of dollars, you're going to let that. You know some misgivings about where you're working you're going to let that interfere with your ability to go out there and do what you were hired to do because of little small nagging injuries come on jen brown Uh, all right we're going to go out to the uh, raider nation guest line uh because our good friend sam gordon from the las vegas review journal my teammate over there at vegas nation uh, does a tremendous job in everything that he covers and uh if you're not if you're not following right now his unlv uh coverage then uh you're out of the loop, man. I'm just telling you, uh, you're, you're missing out. Uh, but Sam, how are you doing on a money? Thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. I just was going off a little bit on Trent Brown on some of the things that he says. But am I wrong to expect if you sign a contract, regardless of how you feel about the workplace or, or your coworkers or whatever the case might be, you can't let that uh, let you uh, allow you to allow little, small, nagging injuries keep you out of the lineup. Am I right or wrong?
2: Well, first and foremost, Vinny, appreciate you having me and you got me, uh, you got me turning red over here with your, your compliments. I don't, you know, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss for words with, with, kind it's, kindness, all, so it's <laughs>
0: all true, brother. You know, it.
2: <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate it. But no, I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong, Vinny. They brought, I mean, they brought Trent Brown over from the New England Patriots in 2019, you know, made him the highest paid offensive lineman, one of the highest paid offensive linemen in NFL history, highest paid right tackle to be a franchise kind of player a game-changing player on that right side of that offensive line and, and to be a really a pillar of the offense for you know five to seven years right when you when you bring in a player of trent brown's caliber that's what you're doing and the, the fact of the matter is whatever for whatever reasons he says you know 16 if you only play 16 of 32 games and that's not good enough and to your point um, I think everybody, I mean, it's the NFL. Everybody's got nagging injuries, right? I mean, especially, I mean, the older you get, the more kind of time and energy you have to put into your into your body. And, you know, you this was a story, Vinny, you were on all year that, that maybe Trent Brown wasn't doing the, the, everything he could to get onto the field. And, uh, and based on his comments that he's made, it sounds like that very much kind of validates um, his approach in Vegas. And, it, look, it wasn't a great fit. If it didn't work out for either party. Uh, they recognize that they move on. Uh, the, the The Patriots, Trent Brown's in an environment now where where he can be successful, and the Raiders get to move on and you know maybe take one of these young right tackles in the NFL draft to, to go opposite Colton Miller. You, you you lock up your tackle spots that way. But uh, but at the end of the day, the the, uh, the Trent Brown thing didn't work out. And if 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 a couple nagging injuries, um, you know didn't keep him on the field or didn't keep him from giving it a go, then then that is what it is. And you would think that you would get more effort or more kind of production when you pay somebody top dollar to be on the right side of your offensive line. I get big injuries or something catastrophic, but guys are banged up all the time. And, and, and Trent Brown um, certainly was banged up in his time here. And obviously, for, one, for whatever reason, they kept him off the field. And, and it was not a, a, not a great fit here uh, with the Raiders for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, uh that's for sure. Um I just think there's so many players out there that um you know who who wouldn't succ- succumb to that kind of uh that kind of thinking, but it that's the that's that's how the great ones are separated from the guys that are like, eh, whatever, you know, kind of guys. And right now, Trent Brown is kind of a, eh, you know, whatever kind of guy. Um, and I think my co-host, uh, Lincoln Kennedy, had that peg um, almost from the very get-go uh, from, based on conversations that I've had from him. And I'm not speaking out of school uh, to, to relay that. I think he saw what was up pretty early on. So And and the guys who know, no. You know how that works, um, uh, Sam. Yeah. So, uh but while we're on the subject of right tackle, and uh, Trent Brown uh, has taken his uh, his his talents to uh, Boston, Massachusetts, um, there and in in say what you want about Trent Brown, but the fact is he leaves a pretty big void uh, at right tackle for the Raiders to fill. Now, thanks to Trent Brown and his little small nagging injuries uh letting him uh you know keeping him from getting on the on the field the raiders are pretty accustomed now (laughs) to to filling that right tackle void, but i don't think they want to do it as like like the patchwork they were doing it these last couple of years so uh it and and but they haven't done anything in free agency uh at at that position so it kind of leads me to think that maybe they got their eye on somebody uh in, in the draft um we know that this is a pretty strong draft for right tackles uh any aversion to potentially going into next year for the Raiders, uh, with a with a rookie right tackle starting for them.
2: No, no, no aversion at all. Of any we saw, I think a great example. Look at look at the look at how Tristan Wirfs worked out for the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, yep. you, you, they they understand prioritizing offensive line. They went out and got him, and he looks like a franchise right tackle for the next decade. And anytime um, you can get a player like that, and I'm not saying any of these guys is going to be a, as good as Tristan Worfs, but if you can. If the Raiders have a guy, if there's a guy in the draft that they feel good about, uh, so that they feel like they can bring in to solidify the right side of your offensive line, I mean, if that's a pick you nail at right tackle, you're set for 10 years, right? You, get, you, you nail an offensive lineman, you are good. And we all know how important offensive line play is in football. I mean, it's not everything, but it's close. You can't protect your quarterback. You have no shot in this league. And the Raiders, with their trades, with, with moving on from Trent Brown, trading Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson. There's clearly a a move to get younger on this offensive line. And what better way to do that than to go out and snag uh, a a, a right tackle in in the draft. And and it's a deep class, right? You could, you could take one of these top guys uh, early on with the 17th pick, maybe a Christian Dorisoff. He's there from Virginia tech. um, Maybe a Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state, but even, even you, you get into the second and third rounds too. I mean, this is a very, very, very deep offensive uh, offensive line class. Dylan Redon's from, from North Dakota uh, State could be an option in the second round. So there, you can, there are players in this draft that are ready to come in and play right away. It's just about wh- where, where the Raiders want to – what selection the Raiders want to use. But, but if you can solidify your offensive line, the right side of your offensive line, for the next decade, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think that's a bad move at all, even though you have, you have needs elsewhere. Clearly, there's a glaring need at right tackle, and addressing that in the draft uh, filling it and, and securing it with a young player—that I think that is—that move would go over fantastically. I, I have no aversion to that whatsoever. It,
0: um, not sure. And we're talking to Sam Gordon, a good friend over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, does a tremendous job covering UNLV and, of course, the Raiders and a whole bunch of other things uh, Las Vegas-related uh, sports. Uh, when you have you ta- have you had a chance to take a look uh, at at some of these draft prospects? Um, that are uh, coming into the draft. And is there anybody in particular uh, that, that's caught your eye? Obviously, the kid from Oregon, um, he'll be long off the board by the time the Raiders draft at 17. I think Slater from Northwestern will probably be off the board as well. But beyond that, uh, you know, the Christian Darasaws, the Tavon Jenkins, the Liam Eichenbergs, um, anybody in particular, uh, at, especially at 17, that, that's caught your eye that you think could be a fit for the Raiders?
2: Yeah, I think all those guys, uh, in, in their own way can, can, can be, are, are big time players and big time options right there, Vinny. I mean, saw you know, goes six five, three fifteen. He's big. He's athletic. He can move. Um, the, the, the kid out of Oklahoma State, Jenkins, uh, just has a mean streak to him, plays with an edge, is ferocious on that right side. So, yeah, there are a number of options. I, th- I think both those guys would be, a, would be a dynamic fit and, and really, um, anybody else uh, who might, might be there? I mean, I don't think it's a thing. Even if those guys are gone, I don't think you're, you're reaching if you address offensive line uh, early in the draft. What about Jalen Mayfield uh, at Michigan? You know, 6'5", 320. He, he, might, be, he might be there um, as well. So there are options. It is important to get this thing secured. You have your left tackle, right? Colton Miller, who is an ascending player in this league, he, he, going to be 26 this year. You feel, like, you feel good about him being on the left side of your offensive line for five, six, seven years. Andre James now the young center coming into play. You, you clearly feel good about him if you're you, you're willing to move off of Rodney Hudson. So yeah, any of those any of those top guys if they're there on uh, at 17, it, it, to me it's 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 fine to, to, to take one of those guys. Now another interesting thing, as we discussed earlier on our podcast, maybe first and ten at VegasNation.com. Uh, wh- there might be a world in which one of these top defensive players falls a little bit. Right, I, I expect yep. Micah Parsons to be gone, but you never know. Right, I expect Patrick Sertain to be gone, but you never know. So I think there's a world, if there's one of these top defensive players that's available, you still need help on defense. Right? Let's, let's be clear about that. Yes, you've addressed the defensive line. Yes, you feel solid about your linebacking core. But that was the weakness of the team. And if there is a way to add a dynamic defensive player that they believe can be a day-one impact player, starter, pro Bowl caliber player... I don't think that's a mistake either. So the, the Raiders have options at 17. They have multiple needs, and it looks like no matter what way the draft breaks, there's going to be a player there that they can plug and play right away that is ready to make an impact. And, and I, again, I think right tackle, I would not be averse to that whatsoever. You, you take care of the right side of your offensive line. You mirror what you have going on the left side, and you're set for several years.
0: And uh, and we're talking to Sam Gordon. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at BySamGordon. Um, and you know when you mention... The possibility of one of those, uh, a Parsons, let's say, uh, you know, taking a little bit of a tumble in in, in the draft, or uh, then it also opens up the door where if the Raiders are, um, you know, focused on tackle uh, in, in, in the first round, just I'm not saying that they are or aren't, but if they are, um, and and one of the other one of those defensive players, uh, you know, falls in their direction. It also doesn't rule out uh, and actually strengthens the possibility of a trade down where the Raiders would still be able to have access to the tackles, tackle or tackles that they have an eye on, but also maybe, uh, you you know, uh, take advantage of a defensive player falling and some other teams behind them wanting to jump up and make sure they don't fall any further uh, in a trade scenario. So I guess, right, it it would open up uh, all sorts of possibilities then.
2: Yeah, and I, and just generally speaking, I'm always, I think, trading back when you can is, is usually pretty smart, right? You can still add an impact player. It depends on how many spots you move down, of course, but if you can add an impact player still and then add a future first-round pick or even a third or a fourth this year, you can find, I mean, teams find starters at that draft slot, third, fourth, fifth round all the time, and I think it's always good. Uh, to to add future picks as well because then you save a little bit on your salary cap for this season if you move back or or move down a little bit and you can add value in future years so the Raiders have options I mean they definitely have options yes there are needs on defense sure if they if they take a free safety there's a dynamic free safety that they feel like is available which I don't expect there to I don't necessarily think they're going to go that route in the first round Um, but if you can address that maybe later in the draft you can go Right tackle. You can trade back. You can nab a Patrick Sutan You can grab nab a Michael Parsons if he falls. There are a lot of different options. You know, what, what's important for the Raiders is that they get somebody that can contribute, that can step up and contribute and play right away and, and be an impact player. I think uh, you, you go back to the twenty twenty draft class, and yes, the jury's still out on those guys. It's, it, it's been it's only been a year. You see players develop all the time, but they didn't get much out of that rookie class after getting a dynamic dynamic production from the twenty nineteen class. So. As you, de- as you seek to develop these young players that you've taken the last couple of years, I think it's imperative to add a, a productive player regardless of whatever position that is. And if you can trade back and still add uh, still add an impact player and, and get more picks down the road and, and, and get deep and add depth, because I think that's what a lot of those later draft picks help you do, then I think you're in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, and you mentioned free safety, and we'll let you get out of here in just a second, but last question um, – when you, lo- when you look at that free safety position, uh, you know, and, and I know the Raider fans are like, what are they doing at free safety? What are they doing at free safety? Well, um, we go back, you, you mentioned Tristan Wirtz um, for, for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Heck. They had a kid in the second round uh, that I know you know uh, really well, a former um, uh, University of Minnesota alum uh, like yourself. But Antoine Woodfield Jr., uh, who stepped in day one, basically, uh, and held down the fort at free safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, a guy that slid to the second round because everyone looked at the height, you know, five foot nine, and were a little bit worried. He probably should have been a first round pick, but regardless, uh, he lands in Tampa Bay and was a, a, a tremendous player on a tremendous defense from day one. So I wouldn't be, that's why, you know, we shouldn't be freaking out, right? If the Raiders haven't made a, a, a big time move at free safety, because there's probably somebody in the draft again, that they have their eye on and maybe in that second round.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's quite possible. Like a player like Javon Holland out of Oregon falls to them in that second round. I mean, he was a big time player, um in the, in the Pac-12 uh, in 2019, opted out of the 2020 season, you know, so he's fresh and it, you see some of these mock drafts and you see some of these big boards and it feels like he'd be right there in that range as they move later in the draft. So Antoine Winfield, to your point, Vinny, was a, a mature player that was ready to come in and play right away, be an impact player. Yes, the Raiders secondary is very, very young. We understand that, but that doesn't mean you can't find a, a young free safety that you can plug and play right away that can do some of those things in coverage, kind of balance out what Jonathan Abram is going to do in that run game and run support and things like that. Get somebody that can play in that cover three system. So there, there are there are going to be options there in the second or third rounds. And there's still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. There's still free agents, right? There's still guys out there uh, in free agency. Maybe a Malik Hooker, you know, somebody that hasn't signed yet. Uh, he, he, of course, is still only 25 years old. Will be 25 coming off of a devastating injury that cost him most of the season. Maybe that's why he's still out there, but. There are guys, there are veterans that are still available. Maybe the Raiders are just waiting for the market to cool a little bit and kind of see how things shape up. But they they are they're in solid shape. I think for me, Vinny, the most important thing for them, the most pressing need was obviously defensive line. They addressed that. They got deeper. They're working on fixing their offensive line, and then everything on outside of that is just kind of uh, you know the frills or tightening up around the edges. The free safety is obviously the most glaring need, along with right tackle. But just because they don't haven't addressed it on March 29th doesn't mean they won't address it before training camp starts in July. There's plenty of time. Draft is a viable option, and then still some free agency as well.
0: And by the way, when you want to talk about an experienced uh, safety, much like Antoine Winfield was, uh, Richie Grant from uh, University of Central Florida, 23 years old. Uh, if you're worried about you know, uh, the, the uh, bringing inexperience into an inexperienced uh, secondary, a guy like Richie Grant, who's at Flor- uh, University of Central Florida for a long time, it seems, um, is 23 years old. So I think that that would eliminate some of the concerns, and he's a guy that uh, I think the Raiders have their eye on, as do a lot of other teams, uh, somebody that's just moving no up the draft board, but I still think he'll be there. Uh, at pick 48 uh, for the Raiders in the second round so keep an eye on that but I like your uh, Javon Holland thought uh, as well I think people have are are sleeping on him because he didn't play in 2020 but this is a guy who in 2020 in 29 or going into 2020 was arguably the best safety uh, in the country Sam thank you so much for all the insight appreciate it Uh, keep doing the great work uh, that you're doing um, and uh, we will talk to you down the line and of course to the listeners you guys can follow him at by sam gordon uh, on twitter sam thanks a lot man have a good one
2: anytime any talk soon take care
0: you got it uh that's sam gordon from the las vegas review journal we always appreciate talking to him and coming up next on in the huddle uh which is brought to you by tequila and do the raiders think about double dipping at safety uh let's talk about it on the other side Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. My thanks to Sam Gordon, my teammate over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And again, you can read uh, his stuff and mine if you want. Um... By downloading uh, the app, uh, the Vegas Nation app, or you could just type in uh, in the search, uh, you know, uh, 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 on 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 the internet. Uh, I'm losing the track of the word. uh, The search engine. uh, Just type in uh, VegasNation.com, and uh, it'll get you right to it. So I have all your stories, podcasts, videos, um, photos, everything. uh, All Raider coverage, all the time. Um, so uh, uh, go check us out um, when you, when, you, when you get a chance. Uh, by the way, I haven't been able to get uh, um, uh, to it, but uh, if you I don't know if you uh, were paying attention this weekend, uh, but there's a big vote um, on uh, tomorrow on Tuesday um, for the NFL, and it's the potential of adding a seventh game. And a 17th game, I should say, a seventh game. We're well past seven games, but adding a 17th game, uh, the vote will be tomorrow. Um, it will uh, obviously, it's going to happen. Let's just put it that way. There's no way they're not going to vote it uh, in uh, tomorrow. Uh, by by this time tomorrow, uh, there will be a, have been a vote, and uh, the league will have approved a 17 game schedule. The Raiders will host. The chicago bears uh in their 17th game the way it works is one year every year the afc will have the extra home game and then the next year the nfc will have the extra home game and those games those 17th games uh, we don't know exactly where they're going to fall in the schedule obviously but that extra game is always going to be an interconference game nfc versus the afc so uh, next year in 2021 if this votes goes down the way uh, i suspect it will um the Raiders will host uh, the Chicago Bears over at Allegiant Stadium. Um, so, uh, what do you guys think about a 17th game? I'm, I'm completely for it. Uh, it was always headed in this direction. Uh, it'll mean more money for everybody. Once, although you know everything uh, you know comes out in the wash in these next couple of years, the more uh, 17 game schedules that you have, uh, the better the TV deals are going to be. Um, and that's going to get announced tomorrow or ratified tomorrow. Uh, the new TV deals, which is going to pump. A whole lot of money uh, into uh, into revenue. Uh, the players, as we know, uh, get forty-eight point five percent of that revenue each year. So as the revenue goes up, so do the players' salaries go up. So uh, I understand um, that um, uh, that you know there are there is risk. Obviously, uh, anytime you play an extra game, that means uh, an extra health. Uh, issues to deal with Uh, but um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this on on the other side but I think in the long run it's going to benefit everybody Uh, one of the things and we're going to talk about this uh, coming off the break should the NFL start thinking about seriously uh, extending or or expanding the rosters number one Uh, should they start talking about uh, tweaking uh, the the injury reserve rules we saw last year in a COVID year where you had an unlimited amount of times to be able to use uh the uh um you know uh, injury reserve and you can uh, put as many players as you needed on injury reserve bring back as many players as you needed on injury reserve they didn't need to be out uh for an extended period of time uh like they normally do there were designations for shorter stints on on injury reserve uh so uh i think that as if they're going to add this 17th game which they will I think there's some things that need to be addressed to help it along, and I'm specifically talking about roster size, game day roster size, um, the the uh, the way injured reserve gets utilized, uh, all for the ability to be able to um, deal with the health issues uh, or concerns of a 17th game. And so, and part of the whole deal is the preseason is going to get trimmed down from four games to three games I still think you need a preseason um it's not the end all be all that's that's for sure but I think it's I think a three-game preseason schedule uh, would be beneficial uh, obviously the veterans they don't ever play anyway so who cares what they think necessarily this is all more for the younger players that are getting their opportunities to put themselves on film uh, whether it's to earn a spot on their current team or show what they could do for other teams to get a look at uh but i and it's, i i just think it's beneficial especially for a young team like the raiders a young defense like the raiders uh to get them game snaps even in the, the preseason to be able to be on the field uh hearing things seeing things seeing situations reacting to situations uh teamwork and chemistry and being connected i think all of that got you know just washed out last year, and I think we saw the ramifications of that for a young defense like the Raiders. They just never were able to get it together. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, brought to you by Tequila and